Hello, church family. Uh, well, this is our Friday um, edition of our daily devotional, which is the time where I usually spend uh, just answering some of the questions that you guys sent in throughout the week. And uh, I decided to devote this one to more on the some of the COVID-19 things. And there's a reason why I didn't answer on the first week and kind of delayed it until now is mainly because it gives, I think, perspective and time to kind of think through some things. Um, because this uh, this whole COVID-19 is just constantly changing. We're always learning new things as we're going along. It's hard for me to uh, make any statements before um, uh, before you know before we learn any, before we learn what's new about this. And even now, as I'm speaking, I'm sure by the time you guys hear this, uh, there's going to be different new information about the COVID-19. Uh, so some of what I'm about to say may even be outdated. Uh, but which is, you know, weird and, you know, where we understand like the finiteness of human, uh, knowledge about life and about medicine and about the viruses and everything like that. Um, but I do want to, uh, advise and suggest that, uh, you guys listen to the, the thing that Piper released. Um, I, th- I feel like that is probably the most helpful thing that's released right now. Uh, there's a lot of other people that has been releasing things and they're helpful too, but I think if you were to categorize it, I would say that's the most helpful. I think it gives it a, a really eternal perspective of suffering. Um, he kind of parallels suffering in his own life and just the seemingly um, unexplainable diseases that happen to us in our life. Uh, does it really change the way that we view God? And uh, I know that with this, uh, it's shaken a lot of uh, people to the core in what they believe. And uh, I believe that this is God's way of just refining us and strengthening our faith uh, while at the same time revealing that some of the people even within our church possibly can potentially not even be a believer. And this is just a way for them to reveal that uh, trials reveal and refine. Uh, so it's good that we're going through all of this. So I'll recommend that there's, Probably a lot of things I'm saying probably is inspired by what Piper said. And um, I also just uh, see it's kind of convicting to think that, you know, Piper wrote a book and recorded this whole audio book in a span of like four weeks. That's a, an amazing feat, you know, because if you think about what we've been doing in our shelter in place, uh, a lot of what we've done, I'm sure we've done some protective things, but I'm sure none of us have written a book uh, that like, the masses are listening to. So it's a, you know, it's a reminder that we should redeem the time uh, for the days are indeed evil. So there's two questions uh, regarding that, that was sent in regarding the COVID-19. And the first one is a very simple question, and that is, where is God in all of this? And the simple answer is exactly where he's at. It's not like God is uh, like uh, make, it's not like God made the universe and stepped away from it. That's a theistic view of who God is. There's a worldview that thinks that God just made the world and to step away and have everything kind of randomly happen and uh, without God in control. Uh, we know that's not our God. Our God is completely in control over every single thing that's going on. And what is he doing right now? He's just working through every little finite detail in all of creation right now. Um, he's working through how uh, the virus is spreading. He's working how people are, some people are immune to it. He's, he's, he's recovering people. He's even drawing people to eternity. He's just doing everything. He's operating 
because basically he's in control of everything. He's doing exactly what he was doing before COVID-19, and he's, he's going to continue that during and after it as well. And, and everything that he does is he works it, uh, and he works in ways that we don't really see in this side eternity. Um, C.S. Lewis calls it a coincidence is, is, is basically, uh, God working through life anonymously. And when we think about the prose that's been happening, uh, I think in just in my own personal life, I've been spending a lot more time with family. And just being around, you know, with my kids and my wife is just a delight. Um, I would not have as much time if, you know, I was still doing ministry as, you know, going around meeting people and doing as much of the sermon prep and everything. And I'm really thankful for that. Um, and there are a lot of people now that are really enjoying it in the sense that they actually get to have conversations with their spouse or their family that they would never have if it wasn't for this. Uh, the shelter in place makes us deal with reality. And it's for us, even for something like that, we can see God's good hand in it because it's forcing us um, to think soberly about life, to, to wait on the Lord and, to, and just to be faithful um, during this time. Uh, whatever he's doing, we may not know and decide, but we can always be assured that God is working through everything. And again, it can be tempting to assume God isn't doing anything or he's not working through a history, but uh, when we think about why isn't God just fixing everything right now? We have to understand the Bible speaks, uh, doesn't speak in our terms, and God doesn't operate in our terms. Uh, we want things to be done immediately, but God is intentionally making us wait. Uh, he's, he's slowing everything down, and we're called to live in faith. Uh, uh, we have to live in faith in terms of our waiting. Uh, I, some, some passage came to mind is in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. It says this, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. And you know, Habakkuk is it's a book uh, about how people need to just basically wait on the Lord because uh, the Israelites have already gone through so much uh, turmoil. And you know, this is a time a book was written in the contemporary of Jeremiah. So you, if you're, you know, uh, if you were the guys that did the lamentation study, or you were there on the Friday nights when they talked about lamentation, you understand the dire circumstances. And Habakkuk is one of those contemporaries. He's like to in, instructing the people to wait on the Lord. That the promises that God has fulfilled, it may seem like it's never going to happen, but it will happen. Uh, delay is only in the perspective of man, but not in God's point of view. Um, so why isn't God fixing this problem? It's because he wants us to wait. It forces us to learn to be still and know that he is God. Right? We know this. We know that there are these verses that, that, call, that requires us to exercise our faith in him during this time. Uh, we don't know every little detail, and we're not instructed to know every little thing. I think in our day of information, we're always trying to figure out, I want to be in the know, but God doesn't want to do that. He wants to intentionally leave us in in the dark, in the dark, so that we can trust Him. We can. We don't need to know every little detail, but that we can just continue to rely on Him. Uh, and God wants us to, you know, stretch our faith. It requires us to actually have a lot of faith to wait on the Lord. I, just, I reference Lamentation in Lamentation chapter three. This is, uh, you know, I think. I think it was Brian that taught on this chapter, and uh, he went over it pretty well. And uh, there's this one particular passage here in, in Jeremiah 3, verse 22 to 26, that 
that tells us about uh, who God is. Um, Jeremiah 3, verse 22, The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases, for his compassion never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait, who wait for him. To the person who seeks him, it is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. Now, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. And, you know, God is telling him, and he's writing this little poem saying that we need to wait silently for him. Uh, remember, Jeremiah is written in the context where Israel has fallen. Um, you know, the temple is gone. And all of the promises seems like it's gone away. Where's the Davidic line? Where's the Messiah? Where's the, the nation that was promised? Well, he says that the Lord's loving kindness never ceases. It is good for us to wait silently for the salvation of the Lord. So this is where we're at. We understand that God's working through everything, but we don't need to, um, you know, God does again, I've said this even throughout the Esther series, that God does not need to give us an account of what he's doing. Um, we just know his character. We know that he works everything out for our good. And we need to trust in the attribute of God during this time. And as we are constantly uh, faithfully living out this life, we're trusting that he's going to work all things for us. And there will come a time where we'll be, where this will be, this will all be over. And when it does, it'll seem like this is really a short period of time. Especially in relative to eternity, this is not that bad. Uh, this is the, if this, this is the worst that we have in all of eternity, it's not that bad. So have the eternal perspective, knowing that God is working through all things and that we can trust in him during this time. So that's what God is doing right now in this whole COVID-19. He's just working through in mysterious ways and we will not know until in hindsight. And that's okay. Second question is, what will SSBC do once the uh, government allows us to meet again? I hesitated in terms of thinking about how to answer this question, mainly because it seems like every single few days there's like a new reports on new treatments, new this and that, but there's never anything definitive. Um, and even by, when I read this question, when it was sent in, from this time, from the time it was sent from to, to this moment where I'm recording, things is, the world has changed drastically already. And it's hard for me and even all the elders to, to say definitively what we'll do exactly. Because we don't even know. The medical people don't know. The government don't really know. So we're just like, we're really um, reacting to this virus and to what the government has to say. But there's one thing that I'm sure all the elders agree on is that we will not automatically meet, like, immediately. If, for example, they uh, lift this shelter in place right now, we will not all suddenly meet on Sunday because we don't know who are the people that actually have the infection, who, who's actually, you know, who actually has a virus. Um, you know, a lot of people have been asymptomatic, like they don't show any symptoms. And we don't want to be that church that all of a sudden, like, let's say the curve is like better. We don't want to be the church that brings it back. Um, it kind of ruins our testimony and even uh, it'll mess up. Uh, and trust me, if, if there's an opportunity for the, the press to say, oh, see that Christian church right there did not obey the law and cause uh, COVID-19 spread some more, I'm, I guarantee you that the government will do it because they already have like an animosity towards Christians. And um, and yeah, so uh, we're really reacting. And we want to be the best testimonies we can. Um, but but if there is, let's say, let's say, for example, if right now they say, okay, we found the cure, 
for this, and this is what you need to eat, and it guarantees a 100% success rate, and, and so the, the virus is over, we'll could meet right away just because we have a cure. Or if there's some sort of treatment, then there's something that we can work with. Um, but if they just suddenly just say, okay, we're going to loosen up the, um, the restrictions, we, we're going to be really cautious. Uh, if you were listening into the church family meeting, we've already decided to cancel certain events, uh, mainly because we don't know what the future may hold. Um, I was talking with uh, our men's retreat speaker, uh, and you know, I, I, he he was excited to be part of our co- conference, our men's conference. But I had to say no to him, and then uh, you know, it was changing, you know, just having to change decisions. And then we have all of these different conferences that we had lined up with all these great speakers, the people that we've been wanting to have, but um, because of the current situation, we had to delay everything. Um, so. It's almost like I'm answering the question of what will we do. I'm answering of what we will not do. We will not meet immediately. Everything will not automatically revert back to normal. We won't all, um, all, all of a sudden have like our conferences back um, or retreats or things like that, mainly because uh, we don't know uh, how to deal with this yet. And, um, and again, by the time you hear this, it could be drastically different. Uh, so that's why I'm not going to say like what I'm saying is like the definitive what the elders and the leaders of SFBC have decided is because we don't know. Um, and uh, in time, our church, even if let's say we're going to constantly have to meet online for a while, um, in time our church will adapt and we will just learn to uh, cherish even what little communications that we have. Uh, you have to remember in perspective here and that if this happened even like less than 50 years ago, it would be really hard for us to have like these face FaceTime or Zoom conference calls or whatever. Um, you know, and if you go back even further, we wouldn't even know what hit us. You know, we have like germ theory didn't even existed. You know, we have, there, there's so many, so many things that we can be grateful for, although it's not exactly what we want. Uh, it's okay uh, because it just causes, causes our heart to really um, appreciate uh, what we will have once we return, and in a lot, I think a lot of ways it's really convicting for all of us because we took a lot of us, if we were to be honest, we took our church for granted, right? We we didn't. There were probably times where we're like, oh, I don't want to go to church on Sunday because I could, or I decide to sleep in on on Sunday or go to church late. I bet you after this, the people that like are struggling with that will will say, okay, now make time for it. I'll sleep in early or. I'll go to those Bible studies, I'll go to the prayer meetings because you know what it's like now to not have it. Um, and that's, I think, the one thing the Lord's teaching us, um, which is, again, seeing the good hand of God and through, through all this by revealing our shortcomings so we could be more like a son. In terms of SFBC, what will we do? We're not sure. Um, even, I mean, when we were, even before they did the quarantine, our elders, when we met, we weren't, we were just kind of just, uh, should we submit to the government? Is this something that we could rebel against? And, you know, we decided we want to submit to the government if they did this. And that was an if. We didn't, they didn't even make any decisions. The government didn't even make any decisions yet. Um, or they didn't force anything. Um, so, you know, we were just uh, adjusting and adapting to the circumstances. Um, so in both cases, whether, uh, I mean, in, in, the, in the case of, like, the government opening and releasing the, uh, the restrictions, we just have to be wise. Uh, we don't want to be, we uh, we just don't want to be able to be the church that brings it back or spreads this. You know, let the let the Mormons be that. We'll have them get the hit. 
or the 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 Muslim groups or the Jewish groups, you know, the people that are already anti-God. Let them have the the terrible testimony. But for us, um, let it be known that we were the ones that were faithful. You know, we wanted we love our neighbors. We don't want them. We don't want the, our neighbors to have this. We don't want this to spread. So that and, you know, we want the government to know that, like, hey, we're not here to be this you know, bigot group. We want we really do care about the the safety and, and security of our neighbors because we love God and we love our neighbors. You know, that's the second greatest commandment. Um, so uh, I think that my only suggestion during this time is just hold tight, continue to um, trust the Lord, continue to operate in terms of um, the things that you have. I'll speak more of this when we get to, as we go through the book of Esther, I'm going to just keep bringing up these lessons over and over again um, about just trusting the Lord in his sovereign hand. Um, yeah, so I think that's, those are the two questions. And uh, I think I do one thing I would add. Uh, in the church family meeting, we, and even, yeah, in church family, we, we talk about how we have, we understand that there's going to be people in the church um, if this goes on for a long time. We understand that maybe there will be financial struggles. Um, so please don't hesitate um, to let us know. Uh, we will, if you're, you know, our member, we would love to support you guys financially as best as we can because, you know, we have, we've saved up uh, all this money and I think it's so interesting that, um, Less than a year ago, I remember we had a church family meeting, and, we, and you know, Sean has a $4 million thing up on the uh, board and how much money we've saved. And I remember Dale speaking about how, you know, we could, we're in a, we're like Joseph right now. We, we're like, uh, we, we, we stored up all those things, and then all of a sudden, we, we never know when something bad might happen. And then less than a year later, this happened. And I believe this is the Lord. Um, sovereignly giving us the resources to care for the people in our church. Um, you know, that's like one of the wisdom things that elderly people understand. Like, you need to save for these emergency moments, these difficult moments. And, you know, our church is in a good place. Um, so if you need anything financially, just please let us know. Um, we want to do our best to meet the needs of the saints. This is part of what the church is, what the church is in terms of being the church. Um, don't, you know, don't pull the Asian card of like, oh, yeah, it's like shameful. No, forget that. That's like worldly thinking. Um, you're a family, and we want you to know that we're here for you. So if you're struggling financially, please let us know. And you can email me or anyone, and we will do our best to make sure that you're taken care of. Um, so, yeah, just continue being the, the church. Uh, just the last few days, there's different people that brought us food, and I've gone out to get food and things for other people. Just continue doing th- little things like that. And, um, you know, our faith is tested and our faith is stretched and, and our faith will also be strengthened as well. Okay, uh, those are the two questions. Um, next week I'll answer some of the questions that came in are more like pra- life, practical life questions. Uh, so I look forward to answering those as well. And if you have any more questions, feel free to ask the questions in the, the link that's sent out every day. Uh, okay, again, thanks for these questions. And uh, I hope that this would help you, uh, just to help you give like a maybe more biblical perspective on things. And again, I'd recommend listening to the John Piper message if you get the chance. Okay, take care.